Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. On June 11th, an underground party for teens and young adults at an empty downtown St. Louis office building ended in violence. Eleven of the teenaged partygoers were either shot or grazed by bullets, and one 17-year-old lost his life. This prompted outrage and calls to action from elected leaders and law enforcement. Shortly after the shooting, the city extended the weekend hours of two recreational centers in an effort to give youth something safe to do. That is a start, but what else can be done? Producer Maya Norfleet sat down with two young adults, Justin Boyle and Jeremiah Miller. Both are 19 years old, young black men, and graduates of Metro Academic and Classical High School, which is part of St. Louis Public Schools. They talked about their experiences with violence, what they believe leads some of their peers to violence, and what they think of the extended hours at recreation centers. All right, so the first question, low-key, is a little heavy, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to get us on the right track. We're going to start with Jeremiah. Have you ever witnessed an act of violence or been worried about violence when hanging out with your friends or even just trying to exist in the day-to-day? Uh, many times, actually. <laughs> um, I saw a guy get punched in the face on, like, I think it was, like, right off a of Grand. I was at my friend's house, and I, like, look over, and I was like, mind your business. <laughs> we got to go. Um, I have encountered, you know, like, as in terms of, like, random violence rather mm-hmm. than, you know, domestic or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen a number of things. Yeah. And for you, Justin, tell me about this, like, if you have or if you've even been worried about encountering any types of, like, violence just while out and about as a young person? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially, like, in a city um, like St. Louis where, one, is just, like, not that, it's not that big of a city. Um, kind of, like, everybody knows everybody. And then, like, uh, when you look at, like, the groups that, like, violence is particularly being done to or, um, like, by, um, you know, it's predominantly people that look like me. Um, so, like, you know, everybody look like everybody past, like, 8 o'clock at night. It's dark out, you know. We got similar bills and everything like that. So, like, um, you know, that randomness gets a lot more, um, I don't know, not random no more because yeah. then, you know, you're the target demographic for that. So, like, growing up being aware of the fact that, like, you know, I am a black man. I look like my peers. Um, I hang around in similar areas where other black men hang out, mm. you know, and these things follow us. You know, every, you know, black man is walking around with that anxiety, that constant, like, cloud over their head that violence could happen, whether you're in St. Louis or you're in Oakland or you're in Atlanta. Mm. Like, that's just, like, a consistent thing across, like, the black male experience, I'd say, at least for inner city. So, and tell me, I definitely have like, it with that. For the record, how old are you, Justin? I'm 19. And Jeremiah? I'm also 19. So there was this unfortunate incident downtown in mid-June. Um, there was a like a unsanctioned party in like a abandoned office building, and for somehow, some way, there were shots fired, and that resulted in 11 injuries and even one death. And 
All the victims are either shot or grazed by a bullet were all between the ages of 15 and 19 years old. So we're talking about your peers here. Mm-hmm. And my colleagues reported that um, the St. Louis police chief, Robert Tracy, uh, said that there might have been multiple shooters. And shortly after that shooting, they had one suspect in custody, and that suspect was a juvenile as well. And then he went on to talk about how there are just so many, in his opinion, maybe some stats too, but at this press conference, there are juveniles in possession of firearms, and there are juveniles out at 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And I know y'all cannot speak for every young person, (laughs) and I'm not asking you to, but what do you think ends up driving young people to commit violent acts? Let's start with Jeremiah. Um, I don't think anybody, especially not a young person, naturally feels the need to harm others for the most part. You know, maybe some people do, but that's, you know, on the whole, I think overall there's two driving factors, right? And those are fear uh, and like trauma that created that fear and necessity. Um, And we live in a very hostile city, whether that's hostile from your neighbors, hostile from law enforcement, hostile from school. Mm-hmm. A lot of especially black men go to school, black, black boys, frankly, not black men, go to school and they feel disrespected. They feel neglected. They feel like they feel animosity mm-hmm. from the world around them, especially the people who are supposed to be taking care of them, supposed to be nurturing them, bringing them up into men. And they go out into the street where it only gets more hostile and it moves a lot faster. And, you know, nobody reasonably thinks it's fun to go shoot somebody like that. I don't think I've ever heard somebody say, oh, can't wait to go shoot somebody on a Saturday night. Like, nobody really wants to do like to do that just for the sake of doing it. So I ultimately think there's a, a cycle of of trauma and poverty and violence that perpetuates more violence. It's not coming from nowhere. You know how people are like, the calls coming from inside the house? It's either starting at home, it's starting at school, it's starting in your own city. And it's not solely related to how late people are out or even access to weapons. I mean, I, I think that's important and like makes it much easier and makes it much yeah. more likely. But ultimately, that can't, that's not the cause. That is a tool that's being used, that's being... Um, used by these causes by this trauma by this pain by this fear because if you're you're, if you're uh, i've been out with friends of mine who are just constantly looking over their shoulder like Mm -hmm. they are terrified and we we won't even be in a particular kind of place we won't even be doing a particular kind of thing i'm like we came here to go see some nice evening uh (laughs) live show and you are looking out my window like somebody's coming for for you and Mm -hmm. i'm not even talking about people who are involved in anything that would warrant them feeling like constantly like they don't have any any enemies out here no you know affiliation no (laughs) yeah and they still are just they're terrified and when you are scared you're ready to instead of like your defense is offense and Mm. that's not a that's not a healthy place to be especially not as an entire city full of people who have a terrifyingly easy access to firearms yeah I like I know a guy who ended up he he bought a gun off of a dude who worked at a fitness store that like we would go to. He was my gym bro. Okay. And sweet kid, not very smart. Um 
bought this gun from this man, ended up, like, the gun was related to something. He had to go talk to a cop. Like, all this Uh-oh. stuff was happening. And I told him, I was like, why did you do that? <laughs> like, we don't, we don't, we don't do that. Um, what did he say? Like, why did he feel like he needed a gun? Well, he had a lot of opinions on, at the time, we had, uh, there was stuff with, maybe it had something to do with Ukraine. He would always talk about crime. I don't know. He had opinions. <laughs> and <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah. And I always told him, I was just like, I promise you. You have been going out late, doing whatever you've been doing for years now, like, you know, two, three years. You don't need this. And there's a reason that it's that difficult that you have to go and get this firearm in an, a less than official way. It's still legal because in Missouri, you don't have to only get a firearm from a federally licensed dealer. You can go, you can get one from your friends. You can get one from your family. If you go to a gun show, I'm about to say gun shows, if yeah. you go to a gun show, you only have to be 18. That's it. Even though federally, you're supposed to be 21 to get anything, mm-hmm. um, just about, unless your parents buy it for you, yeah. which is a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. That's right. a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Justin, so you were nodding your head, too. Like, what are your thoughts as far as the what drives young people or leads young people to violence? Yeah, so, like, um, I, don't, I think, like, the biggest enabler first is, like, like we were saying, like Jeremiah was saying, access to guns, like, I think the Lex, I think if you take, you know, everything that Jeremiah was saying, when we talk about, like, these root causes and these bigger, like, socioeconomic factors, like, you know, like, poverty, homelessness, um, no job opportunities, like, in your community, your immediate community and things Mm -hmm. like that. If you combine that um, with, you know, red state Lex gun laws, that's a horrible combination. You know what I'm saying? Like, see St. Louis through the past, like, 40 years. So, like, those like combinations it's like those intersections that like make everything worse but like at its surface level i do think you know it always stems from like those bigger socioeconomic issues because i don't think like if people you know have like jobs to go to and they have good schools to be proud of and like invested in and you know really feel like it's supporting them then they don't you know turn to things that are like okay i'm gonna kill him and go to jail and throw my life away, you mm-hmm. know? Like, I don't think, like Jeremiah was saying, I don't think nobody's going to go out and go shoot somebody because everybody knows the consequences, you know? We yeah. all know what's going to happen. We know somebody's going to get caught. It's going to be an investigation, you know? And your life's going to be thrown away. But if you, like, literally have no options and now all you know is, like, okay, oh, I'm frustrated. I'm in rage mode. I'm just about to lash out on him. You're not thinking about the opportunity cost of it because what's on the other side of that? Mm-hmm. Going back to, you know, St. Louis Avenue and Jefferson, where it ain't nothing, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's like a, a it, it just, just, it just gets worse, you know what I'm saying? It's like a, nothing, nothing, a, a no saving graces there, like, nothing to, like, balance out towards, like, maybe I don't want to do this, you know? I can't really see why somebody in their right mind, like, maybe I do have an op out here, and, like, if he really made me mad, or if he really did something, I feel like, I got to get retaliation because, one, I don't trust police to do it because I don't trust police. And then I don't feel safe because I don't feel protected by the police. Mm. I'm going to, within my within my own power, I'm going to do something about it. And a lot of people, since they got access to guns, red state, you know, they're yeah. going to kill them. They're going to go out there. They're going to shoot them. They're going to try to retaliate. So, like, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's really just, like, a bunch of things so like you can't really like track just one string sure. and like, try to trace it back to the root but you really do have to like pay attention to, like where do these strings cross you know mm-hmm. what i mean and like how are these things building off of each other so we have a lot of young people who are very afraid and 
easy access to things that hurt people and kill people. Yeah. I'm speaking with Justin Boyle and Jeremiah Miller, two 19-year-olds from St. Louis. So one of the, like, I'm not going to say it like, I was about to say one of the knee-jerk reactions, but one of the solutions that some of the elected officials came up with immediately after that uh, situation in June was to have rec centers open later in the evening on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And right now those include the Wool uh, Wool Recreational Center on the north side. Shout out out Wool, man. Let's play football (laughs) City Rec. Shout out Wool. So we're going to talk about that. And then Dunn Marquette Recreational Center, and that's on the south side. Now, personally, when I was younger, I wasn't into sports. And that's all I can imagine happening at those places. So what do y'all think about the idea of having rec centers open later on the weekends as a way, specifically as a way to help curb violence? Justin, you said you had experience at Wall. So what mm-hmm. do you think about it? Yeah, so... Um, I'll say like in terms of just like if you want to curb violence in like a whole metropolitan area, not even talking about just like St. Louis City, because you got to think like culturally, um, even though like politically it's divided, the city and the county, culturally we are like the same city. So like, that's a good point. It too. could be people that's like from, you know, North County, South County, like West County that's coming to the city mm-hmm. and doing this violence that everybody's like trying to like, you know, like deter against. So like maybe... We're not even in the right spots to begin with. I think we need to, like, make it a regional issue rather than just, like, St. Louis City. Um, but, like, I don't know. I don't think, like, everybody is going to be, you know, receptive to just having to sit in woes for, like, an extra two hours. You know, having, like, that ability. I don't think that's going to curve too much on the grand scheme of things, but I do appreciate it. I appreciate, like, the the thought process behind it. That, like, hey, maybe if we just give these people the opportunity to you know do something maybe constructive something in a in a community oriented setting where you know you're maybe not playing basketball maybe you're you know just sitting around at the rec center just talking with your friends you know just a play, a space that is inviting to a community like in a safe structured spot I do appreciate that um but yeah I don't think like that's a big um, I don't think that's going to really solve the issue especially because like I don't think too many kids are already in those spaces to begin with you know I think okay. the Majority of kids on a Saturday night not trying to sit in walls, you know. I, I just think that's my opinion, but I'm not, I'm not like, I, I'm not like a youth youth, you know what I mean? I'm not like high school age, so it's a, it's like a different crowd, you know. So, I do understand what you're saying, yeah. but you are youth. I hate to tell you. Yeah. I, if I am an adult, that means you are a youth. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm saying like high, those titles. I guess like high school age kids, okay. you know what I mean? Because that's like a different type of like socialization. Yeah. Where like I, I don't really know too many like college age kids who like go to just rec centers on a Saturday night. What are teens doing then at one in the morning? This is a safe space and you don't have to tell you don't have to say what I do, but like what are what have you heard? <laughs> what I'll, are no, I'll tell you what doing? I do. I'll okay. tell you I um am definitely a night owl and I will I have come home before at Seven in the morning when I had work at nine in the morning. Okay. I give okay. my dad heart attacks. <laughs> and I'm not bad. I don't, I don't like, run around acting a fool. Um, but mainly, like, I, I'll go to uh, rock shows. I'll go to raves. I've uh, been to, like, all-ages clubs. I've been to uh, less-than-official parties. Again, you know, usually in abandoned-type buildings, art hangouts. Um, 
sometimes I just go to Waffle House with one of my friends, you know? And it's nothing bad. Like, I'm not trying to run around nowhere, do nothing, break excessive laws. Like, I'm just going just out. Just the lesser ones. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Don't try to put me on, on record like that. I'm just joking. But, um, you know, it's, it is it can be scary, too, uh, mm-hmm. to be out. I like being out late because I like being out late and I, I stay up late. Yeah. But I've, I've had multiple instances where even when I went to go see a movie once and I had to drive home from West County. Mm. at uh it was around 11 30 like 12 mm-hmm. i was wearing a do-rag at the time because i had like really short hair a little bit little waves and i don't trust the west county cops i don't trust them at all to see me in my sedan driving at midnight trying to get home yeah dressed like that and it was stressing me out mm. i got home fine but i've also you know been pulled over on other instances where i was also out a bit later and had a white officer pull me over and you know, she specifically told me I was making her nervous, you know, and that's not a good thing to hear. You don't no. want to, you don't want to be doing that. No. So yeah, people are, they're going out, they like music, they like community, they like feeling like there's something new around. Um, people are pretty into raves, I'd say these days, especially people in uh, more artistically focused, more creatively focused, especially queer communities, Okay. Uh, black, white, brown, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they want to go to a rec center, especially if you feel like you cannot fit in with mainstream, especially like in those areas, black culture, mm. which especially if you are queer and black, that is a hostile environment to be in. And I know personally, as somebody who used to play basketball and used to be around that, like, no, no. Mm. If you had told me when I was 15, like, go to this rec center, I would have been like, are you crazy? Okay. They're going to beat me up. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's 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 a terrible idea. I will be at home or I will be elsewhere. And also a lot of these issues we're dealing with are also caused by a lack of community and a sense of isolation. Hmm. Like, how can you comfortably harm your neighbor if you actually felt in community with them? Right? Okay. So that makes me think, like, the people who are wanting to go hang out with people who are engaging in, like, healthy social behavior probably don't want to like aren't the people we're concerned about Mm. you know so they might need a different approach then again i'm always pro expansion of public resources period all the time yeah like the city be throwing money at stuff they need throw money at useful things oh we're going to talk about where we should throw money next i want (laughs) to ask you justin what what type of things are you or that you've heard your friends however you want to address it what are y'all doing or want to do at one two three o'clock in the morning well, first off, you know, I'm definitely like a get up early, like I got peak activity when the sun is up type thing. Like I'm that's when I'm my most energized. When it okay. get dark, I'm chilling, you know, I'm <laughs> maybe in the game playing. You know, I'm maybe yeah. at the house playing a game. The video games? Might yeah, I mm-hmm. might be I might be outside with my friends, you know, maybe at the park just chilling, talking, listening to music, stuff like that. But like it would be like last summer, like in the morning partying, but it'd be like at somebody's house though. You know what I mean? Right. It'd be like a house party. Uh somebody mama not home. You know, we just got the house, <laughs> we kicking it. But like I, I don't know too many times where I was just like randomly out in their AMs, sure. you know? Cause it's just not too much like it's not safe, first off. Um, like I was saying, like I look like everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People be carjacking like crazy. Yeah. Like it's literally just like statistically probably not safe to just be out that late at night anyways just mm. you know being out and about aimlessly it's like if i don't have like anything to do i'm not gonna be out that late so if around by like 10 o'clock if the move not there i'm not going out the house <laughs> so 
it, you know, that's like, it's really like a situational question where like, sure. what are you doing at like these times? But most of the times if I am out, you know, partying, just yeah. chilling, stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of older adults forget like what y'all are saying is not that far off from what yeah. I was doing. I was at say, 18, I know 19 people years old. was definitely partying at nineteen at one in the morning. Like Even I when know I that's talk, a thing. When I talked to my mother who was retired, she is sixty something years old. She was doing wilder stuff than I ever thought of doing when I was her age. But again, yeah. sometimes people forget what it was like to be younger. Yeah, and we give those people grace, you know. You're so we nice. Give for those that. people grace. <laughs> That was producer Maya Norfleet with Justin Boyle and Jeremiah Miller. She was talking with them about youth violence and violence prevention from their perspectives as 19-year-old young Black men who've grown up in St. Louis. We need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll hear Justin's and Jeremiah's ideas on ways communities and city leaders can engage with youth and what events they think the city should support that would appeal to young adults. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. Welcome back. I'm Elaine Cha. Now back to the conversation between producer Maya Norfleet and teens Justin Boyle and Jeremiah Miller. Here, Justin and Jeremiah discuss their ideas about city and community response to youth violence and what adults in leadership can do next. So if rec centers are not the thing, or it's a thing but can't accommodate everyone, what do you want to see done? What do you want the city to do if they're going to do anything else? I always find myself like in this situation, like, dang, scratching my head, how would I solve this situation? So I'm just like back there again. I'm like, hmm. We can, we're, we're going to come back to that. Do you have, like, again, I did call the reaction about having rec centers open later a knee jerk reaction. I'm going to hold that. I'm going to admit that because I feel that way. But if I said, if you were... I still you, like that, though. Like, I, I, I do appreciate, like, the fact that they... There's effort. Opened this, we're yeah, trying something. Opened it. It's old, though. That That is an old, old plan. That's, like, 1970s L.A. old. <laughs> like, that's my thing, is crime is new. It's different. It's yeah. not the same as it used to be. Crime yeah. has always happened, but the type of crime and the way and the access to things, that's what's changed. Yeah. yeah. So, Jeremiah, what would you do? If it's rec centers and, what's the and? You talked about artsier, an artsier crowd, younger people that might do different things, younger people that are not in the mainstream identity that might be queer. I mean, this might be best solved not in the public sector, which is very odd for me to say. Usually I'm like, no, this is the city's job. (laughs) But personally, I found a lot of community in this last summer by being out in exclusive explicitly queer spaces and not places that I got to sneak into Mm. and like I'm not supposed to be there in the first place because there's a reason why you can't get into certain places and it's because they can't protect you at a certain point there's Mm -hmm. a reason why certain bars don't let people under 21 in because they can't see you they don't know you're around grown people you're in danger yeah and I've can attest to that I've been in situations however um like there's a place called uh, Sophie's Artist Lounge yes it's cute I like it it's not 
always the most popping, but people like it, you know? I love it. I love DJ Umami, um, the homie, uh, <laughs> the, you know, and it's, again, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect solution, again, because it doesn't have a foundation, a history of stability, mm-hmm. a history of support. So if you make it hard for people to enjoy what they enjoy, which is whether that's a certain type of music, whether that's being gay in an open, visible way, um, you end up putting people in positions where they have to go seek these things out the back alley way. Yeah. And that does not come out good. You know, yeah. you cannot protect what you can't, can't see. I want to talk about, like, how more people can be involved in figuring out those solutions and not just it be, here's some ARPA funds, let's open up a rec center longer. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to that question that stumped you. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about programming. If we're looking at the mayors and the alder people and the councilmen and all those folks, and they're saying, we need more programs or more things for people to just get something to do that's safe. And we're going to pretend like it's all the all the best intentions. Let's pretend it's y'all. Mm-hmm. Y'all are the ones that are coming up with the program. You're in charge. What would like, where would you start? We already started at rec centers. And it's not going to fix everything. But what other solutions, if y'all had the power, which you low-key do, that's why I have you here. But <laughs> if you literally, your job was to make a program or make, let's say, a weekly event or a, a quarterly something or other, what would you have created? Uh, this is basically on the same level as the rec centers, so I'm not going to act like this is a, some big idea. But we all know about Missouri's war on li- ri- libraries, right? Oh, yeah. The yeah. destruction of the you know public library system. Mm-hmm. That is a resource. And not just so like, oh, so the kids can go read books so they don't go shoot people. No, <laughs> that, I don't think that's what yeah. I'm trying to say. But so you can have access to information. You mm-hmm. can have access to computers. So you can get work done. You can have more resources to do more things. Um also just somewhere to be for free because yeah. that's another thing going places is expensive so it's, it's options that are both accessible free and actually useful and i don't mean that everything that we invest in has to be educational i think that's a little reductive and gives a lot of power to policymakers. Mm-hmm. um and on what they think is a useful way to spend our time sure but like that's an easy way, but that does require, however, protection from the state of Missouri, right? That's another problem we have as a city. We've been a very unique political system for a long time where St. Louis has been doing, been doing things independ- independently within the state yep. in a way that other places in the state generally don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the state of Missouri is trying to weaken that, trying to change that. And I don't know enough to really like get into it, but that's that's something that concerns me, like where these choices are actually coming from, mm-hmm. who is making these decisions, and then who they're affecting. And the distance between those groups is like a chasm, and I don't like it. So let me ask you all this, because going back to this event that happened in the middle of June, where there were 11 injuries, one death, all teens, mm-hmm. like the week, I want to say the week before or the weekend before that incident, there was a huge block party literally right across the street from where that office, uns- like, 
unsanctioned party happened. Mm -hmm. There were DJs. There was yard games. There was even, (laughs) there was this dude juggling fire. I don't know why he was there, but it was a good time. (laughs) It was interesting. Yeah. What would convince, and but, but, I have to add the but, or maybe the and, it was ran and funded by the city Mm -hmm. of St. Louis. Technically, it was using some um, emergency funds for that purpose for let's have something for people to do that's safe. Would y'all go to more of those knowing that the seal of the city of St. Louis is also stamped on that flyer? Well, that's, I was about to go like in a similar direction. I was going to go more like meet people where they are. You know, if we got kids out here who are trying to party, they want a spot. You know, I've heard all the mythology of past St. Louis years where people growing up, maybe like in your generation, like, oh, we had teen clubs to go to. Oh, we had X, Y, and Z to do. We had structured places where we can go, mm-hmm. turn up, and have fun. So I guess, like, to get this out the way, the obvious one, if people, like, going to parties and, like, you know, having conversations, maybe getting shot, you know, you need to solve that first. Get, like, top-level security. We need, like, great security at these places. But we do need, like, I, I, I think a club would be a great idea. Like, I don't know if Mayor Jones knows that there are, let's even say, a good chunk of DJs that young people really freaking like. Does Mayor Jones go to the raves? <laughs> Does Mayor Jones want to rave with me? Come on. I'll take you out. Let's go. Uh, an invitation <laughs> to Mayor Tashara Jones. <laughs> to no, go I know to her. She knows me. Oh, it's well cool. then. <laughs> come I, on. Come on, Tashara. Very. <laughs> See, right there is an idea. We just need to invite the mayor. Uh, materia is at the end of the month. <laughs> that was producer Maya Norfleet talking with Jeremiah Miller and Justin Boyle, two 19-year-old black teens who shared their experiences around violence and their thoughts on what communities and city leaders can do to engage youth meaningfully in violence prevention. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.